Hello, everyone. Welcome to the TI Connect podcast. I'm Adrian. I'm Nick. Just a quick reminder, everybody. This content was originally in video format and has been adapted to a podcast. So some things are better seen than heard. Don't let it stop you. Go to ti.com slash connect and you can see the full videos. Hello, everyone. My name is Adrian. I'm Nick. And welcome to another episode of Connect. Uh, today, we're bringing in Thomas Omholt, a low power RF applications manager. Um, we wanted to bring him in to talk about what he works on on a day to day basis um, and also some of the challenges and applications you face with the different technologies you have in your portfolio. Uh, so, maybe to kick things off, what are some of the technologies that you support in your team? So, mainly our technologies are the sub one gigahertz, the Zigbee, the Bluetooth, uh, and essentially everything else but Wi-Fi. That's basically what we do. Okay. So all the really uh, low power applications, uh, these are mainly grid infrastructure and also home automation and building automation. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I guess today we're gonna dive into one of the specific low power uh, enablers on those devices. Really quick, can you cover, uh, just so we have a baseline, the part numbers, which devices we're talking about and kind of what they are? Yeah, so we have, uh, over the last three or four years, we've had a, a family of devices. They're the 1310 and the 2640 R2. They're 128 kilobytes of flash. And then we have the new ones that we just uh, launched earlier this year. These are the 1312s, the thir uh, 1352s, the 2642s and 52s. Okay. So these, these devices cover both sub one gigahertz, 2.4 gigahertz, and now also uh, dual band and, and multi-mode uh, applications. Okay, very good. Yeah, and um, talk, or thinking through the devices and protocols, uh, they're all very low power when you talk about Zigbee or Thread or sub one gigahertz, it's, uh, or Bluetooth low energy, it's yeah. normally associated with low power, uh, oftentimes battery operated. So uh, let's talk about specifically how we achieve some of the low power operation on these devices. Yeah, so a, an application is, is two things. You have to have a wireless protocol that can send the data to uh, the customer's back end somehow, but you also need to be able to sense this data. You need to be able to actually collect the data. So you gotta look at what applications are we trying to solve. It can either be grid, and consider this could be a gas meter or a water meter or an electricity meter. Uh, there's some kind of sensor that needs to uh, aggregate the amount of uh, gas or water being consumed. These are typically uh, counting based or they also could be time of flight based. Uh, there's various ways of, of getting this data, but the, the umbrella around all this stuff is it has to be very, very low power. So how do we achieve low power? And to do this, what we've, what we've uh, done on these series of devices is that we've added a new little controller that we call the sensor controller. This is a fully autonomous device that runs outside of the RTOS environment. This is one of the main things for being able to save power is that we are not waking up the main uh, cortex and we're not having to talk to the main uh, operating system of the device. This little sensor control sits there and can react very fast and uh, be outside the RTOS. And this is one of the ma main enablers for getting low power. Okay, and this, uh, this sensor controller is fully configurable by, by the developer? Yes, so that's something that's very differentiated in our uh, devices that our sensor controller, it is very small, but it is still programmable. The way that it is programmed is uh, through a, a suite that we call Sensor Control Studio. It's a free download of TI.com. And customers can download this uh, studio and they can write their own application for the sensor controller. But 
these applications are quite small. Uh, so the debug that we have on this sensor controller is quite limited. Uh, and, but it's okay because the applications are very small. So typically, the, uh, the sensor controller only has, on the earlier devices, it only had two kilobytes of total uh, memory space. On the new device, it has four kilobytes of total memory space. And the total memory space, this is both program and data. So it is very small. Cool. And, and four kilobyte might, might sound small, but you can actually do quite a lot with that. And I know you mentioned grid. Uh, I guess building automation can also be enabled using the sensor controller as well. Absolutely. So uh, we've done a lot of applications with, with gas and water meter where they're looking at uh, counting pulses because that is how they actually measure uh, the, the data. And these pulse counting features is something you can do with a Cortex-M4 that wakes up a GPIO but there's a lot of overhead involved in this and the power consumption numbers are not that good. If you do the same thing on the sensor controller, there's almost no overhead in counting the pulses, storing the data locally in the, in the cortex or in the sensor controller's SRAM and then getting it later. Cool. Uh, and then you can also change the application. For instance, if you're not doing counting, maybe you're doing something more advanced in a, um, in a uh, say a home automation or building automation uh, where you actually want to negotiate with a, um, an external accelerometer. This external accelerometer is custom for you or it could be something else. You actually need to have a language on there. The sensor controller is advanced enough and flexible enough that you can program these things in. Very cool. And okay, so yeah, so if I, if I understand um, these devices you talked about, the 26XX and the 13XX, um, it's, a, it's a whole wireless MCU and then this sensor controller is kind of an integrated core uh, on that MCU that allows you to sense while kind of the rest of the system sleeps? Um, yes, that that's, co that's correct, yes. Okay. And, and, yeah, and, it's, and it's integrated, so I have some customers asking about, hey, is this like a, a separate die that you put in the package, or what have you done here? And no, this is actually a monolithic integration. It, it runs off its own power domains on the chip, but it is just a single die. Okay, yeah. and uh, not only is the advantage that you can sense at a very low power, but because of the some of the peripherals and the the memory that you're about to get into, you can actually program it and make a decision based on the input. Yes, you can even do rudimentary uh, math functions on there. Uh, you can add some values together, uh, do a little bit of basic filtering on there, and then uh, if a certain event has happened, uh, especially for an accelerometer, you're looking at uh, maybe no uh, data, but you want to uh, disregard certain types of accelerometer events, mm -hmm. but you're looking for specific events, the sensor controller is advanced enough to do basic filtering like this of, of events. Okay. Very cool. And I, I know you've got a block diagram here. Uh, I don't know if you want to maybe walk through some yeah, of the capabilities sure. of the sure, sensor we controller. Can do that, yeah. Awesome. So, so we have the main... Um, a block diagram of a CC device down here. You have a Cortex-M4F. It has its own flash, its own RAM. It has an RF device. And then we have this sensor controller element uh, that we want to describe in a little bit more detail here. So what we did up here was kind of uh, blew out what are all the features that we have in here. So the sensor controller is a 32-bit RISC core. A lot of people ask, is this an ARM core or not? It is not. This is a proprietary uh, core that TI has developed. The, it has been optimized for low power. It, it has very, very low gate count. Mm -hmm. Then on board, we also have a TDC. This is a timed digital converter. This is used for time of flight. 
or also used for cap touch. So this can be used for both of these things. Then we have a number of low power timers and we have a very low power counter on board. This is specifically for doing um, gas and water meter counting as I described earlier. Mm -hmm. And then we have a multiplying element on board that we can do some basic math on board. On the, in the analog domain, we have of course access to the 12-bit ADD controller that's on, on chip. We also have two comparators. One is fast and the other one is low power. Low power is actually 0.3 microamps. Wow. So therefore the entire system, if you're using this comparator here, would be running at 1.2 microamps of uh, active current. And then we also have a DAC on board and a current source. So with these devices, and this current source here is programmable, so with these uh, features on board, people are able to make a lot of different things uh, and a lot of different measurements. So for instance, with a current source, you can have an external uh, resistor and you could uh, do a, a basic thermometer, a basic temperature sensing element. Uh, with this DAC, you can program some kind of a feedback loop to it. So there's a lot of things that can happen with this. Uh, it basically, it's up to um, the customers and their own creativity about what kind of solution they can solve with this, this thing. Um, on the sensor control studio, we have a number of uh, out-of-box experiences, like a, we have seven or eight different uh, things that can be done. And one of the things that uh, we've actually done in here, we've implemented a software-based UART. Uh, basically, it just shows you, hey, we can use the sensor controller for something that it wasn't originally intended to do by just adding some software to it. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. And which, uh, is there a subset of these peripherals that are shared or with the Cortex-M4, are these all sensor controller peripherals? I think it's a very good question. Uh, these are, are not shared, but the 12-bit ADC controller is shared. Okay. So uh, this ADC is either running off the sensor controller domain or is running off of the main Cortex-M4 domain. Okay. So it can be used both places. But uh, even so, the sensor controller can run, use the ADC while the Cortex-M4 and the RF core are sleeping. Yes, that's okay. correct, yes. And that's what allows that 1.2 microamp Micro type operation. Yeah, yeah. So Very cool. we have, we have uh, customers looking at this as this device because it, is, it enables a whole new paradigm of low power where uh, they have been looking at doing five or 10 microamps of average current consumption for their sensing application. Now with this device, they can get down into like one or two microamps. Wow. And this enables them to run instead of six months on a small battery, now they can run for two years on a small battery. And that opens up whole new markets. Wow. All right, very cool. Uh, thanks, Thomas, for explaining, uh, teaching us a little more about the sensor controller. Uh, the wheels are already spinning in my head on what kind of cool applications this can enable. I'm sure uh, everybody watching is gonna wanna get started. Can they get started today with this? Absolutely. So we have all the launch pads available for both families of devices. These launch pads are, are available worldwide for purchase on, uh, on TI.com. The Sensor Controller Studio that I briefly described is available for a download um, and there will be a link provided below. And then uh, also the Code Composer Studio, which is also required to work with this is also available for downloads. So everything is available today. Great. Perfect. Well, thanks again, Thomas. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Connect. Uh, go get started and play with the sensor controller. It's very cool. Uh, if you have any feedback on topics you'd like discussed or feedback on the show, uh, you can tweet at us at sensor to cloud. Uh, and be sure to tune in next week. We're going to have a very cool demo running for you guys. Thanks.